Hello everybody and welcome to the podcast. This is Metallurgy. Uh, we're starting things off a little differently today. We have a special guest, Corey Henning, with us today. What you're listening to right now is a demo from a band he was in for a while called uh, Idle Grounds of Warship. This tune will be played without me talking on it at the end of the episode. It is 6 minutes and 17 seconds long. If you guys want to just go ahead and jump to it right now, I would understand. Corey is on vocals and guitar. We got Adam Killar on bass and Bar Nagazari on guitar. And on drums we have the prestigious Nadine Copperweiss, who you may know from Animals as Leaders or playing on the track on Faceless. Any case, let's start the podcast. Should we grab hands and say grace? I am not a number. <laughs> is this really happening? No, I feel <laughs> like we is... should do this. We should do this. Uh, let's, let's lock the horns. <laughs> lock the horns. Is... Sovereign yeah. grace. <laughs> yeah! There needs to be a pentagram in here. No, no. We... Dear Satan, <laughs> bless this unholy union <laughs> discussion of your musings. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Uh, and now that we have done that, <laughs> my name this week will be Tony Danza. Oh, so it's a new With name the tap dance. Week. With the tap, tap dance and Tony Danza. There you go. It's an extravaganza. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that terrible band. Terribly awesome band. Pleasantly unpleasant. Exactly. <laughs> so hold on. Who is this new guy talking? Um, My name is Corey. Um, and... Uh, from here on out, I guess we'll go with C-section. C-section. All yeah. right. Coming at you. Straight Coming from Oaktown, motherfucker. <laughs> Oaktown, motherfucker. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm from the town. You, you put a little 840 on there. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just going to go with Dino. Good old standby. Good old Dino. And I'm Matt because that's actually my name. <laughs> Boring. You got Matt, Dino, Tony Danza, and C section. <laughs> I'm gonna call you C Dog. Hey, hey, yay. Alright. So, um, I think as far as news goes, we were gonna just uh, talk about Tidal and what's going on. I know it's not really metal news, but with Jay Z trying to launch Tidal, new streaming music service. I honestly have no idea what the fuck that is. Okay, and maybe that's a good... Listeners can identify with you. Yeah. <laughs> Hooray for a head in the sand. High five, listeners. Yeah. Head, head in the sand. Better than a head in your ass. No, it's not. Well, depends on who you are. Touche. Or shall I say, 
Tushy! <laughs> you said you weren't going to do that anymore. Oh, well, Nick, no <laughs> loud claps. It's a high five, everybody. Boy, he just has to edit it, so that's not our problem. <laughs> All right, let's let's not make believe that that's going to be edited out. <laughs> How about we just say your name a bunch of times throughout the yeah. episode? Your real, na- your real name, Tony Danza. <laughs> Okay, so, right, so title. Yeah, so title is like the new Jay Z. He well, it's he, artist owned. Yeah, it's yeah, artist, artist owned. It's artist owned. Jay Z's in it. I think Madonna's in it. Um, is Alicia Keys in it? I think Alicia Keys might be in it. A also. whole bunch of people. Hell, there's like fifteen. Really I think Justin Bieber even has part of it. Oh, okay. well now I'm really not interested. No, no, but I, I, <laughs> I, I think. Think of the following guys. Yeah. No, but um. It's actually they didn't start it. It was started in Europe, yep. and they bought it basically for like. I don't know, some d- double-digit million, 50 million, 80 million, somewhere in there. Hmm. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a it's a program or app or yeah, very much like Spotify. Um, yeah. Subscription-based, purely subscription. Yeah, so there's $20 like a, a month. Yeah, there's a 30... So hold on, but, but there's the rub. So it's like a 30-day f- free trial. There's absolutely no um, advertisements in it, so you can't do a free version. Right, like you could on Spotify or like Pandora, it's ten dollars a month if you want just like average <clears throat> quality. Yeah, but if you want like lossless, like flack basically quality stuff, mm-hmm. off, yeah. um, that's twenty dollars a month for that. Um, but otherwise, it's like exactly the same as uh, Spotify. And- yeah, I think the only difference is is that more money goes to the artist. Supposedly, but this is this is where I was confused. Is it seems like it was more of like a chart, chart toppers program. Yeah, yeah. It's been criticized for that by a lot of people. Right. So if we want to come in and say, oh, type in one of our metal bands, will it come up? Do you know? Yeah. I mean, that I mean they've they've been criticized quite a bit just by like. younger musicians that don't have any money. Right. Like basically saying like, well, who is this actually for? It's a cool kids club. Yeah. Who, who is this actually for? Is it for people who have millions of dollars like Jay-Z and Madonna? Or is it for like a real artist who's trying to say something and, and make interesting music? Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you own your own label, why do you really fucking care that much? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't personally see a, a huge issue with with Spotify, although um, I think what is it, seven cents per play goes to an artist, which is pretty ridiculous. It's not a lot. I if you're Beyonce or something, then like obviously it doesn't matter. Right. But if you are, you if know, you're a struggling musician, if you're Agaloc fucking up in Oregon, you're probably not going to get a lot of money. You maybe make like fifty bucks if you're lucky. Yeah. Actually, let's do the math on that real quick. How many listens is fifty dollars? <laughs> Yeah, let's just figure that out. So, 50 divided by 0. 0.07. We're doing so that's that. like 714 listens. Actually, you know what? They probably make like an even 100. Right? <laughs> oh, come on. You got to give them more credit than that. <laughs> I'm not saying that Agaloc just sucks. As, just I like as, Agaloc. I'm just, just saying, as, who the fuck listens to Agaloc? I did. You know? Yeah, you did. <laughs> Decibel. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, fucking soccer moms and, and people... Going grocery shopping or probably listening to other stuff. Right. I don't know. Personally, I think that Fiona Apple should uh, get at least a little bit of money thrown her way because she's the original title. If it's 
T-I-D-A-L. And that album is fucking amazing. All right, I'll give you that. But, Damn. But can, can I say Copyright something? Copyright laws. She, um, you know, she's feeling like a criminal already. So. Mm. Oh, jeez. Sometimes she likes a shadow box. So I don't know if, I, if I'm down with giving her criminal money, you know? Oh, I'll give her, I'll give her a fucking, a fucking rolling pennies. Sorry, I just have to be honest. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so I actually don't think that it's going to do very well. No. Personally. I don't well, see any reason why somebody would switch over from an existing service. There's already so many existing services. Yeah, I know. That's, that's the, the market is actually kind of flooded yeah. with these services. It's the Google Plus version of, like... Hey! We're yeah. in fucking three years late. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and uh, Neil Young already has a, a lossless streaming service. Really? Like, yeah. Um, actually, um, let me try and look this up real quick. It's like it's called Pono Music, and it's already a thing that he does. Um, although I think it's like an MP3 player, like a Pono player, but okay. he's got a store set up. You buy your music there. You download this lost, this, uh, lossless audio stuff. So really, I mean, Jay-Z and all these people are, are just trying to market, like use their fame to market a service that doesn't need to be there. Right. So it's like the, friend, I, the friendster in the MySpace. I kind of, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of am rooting for it to fail really quickly. Yeah, but see, that's the problem is they have, they they make a lot of money because of their music is so mainstream. Yeah. So get, getting people to sub- subscribe to it will be fairly easy because they have a lot of fans. Yeah, but the thing is, is like, I feel like that would be more true if everybody didn't already have Pandora or Spotify or one of the other like handful of streaming music players yeah. especially considering that you don't have to you don't have to do the paid subscription for those and you have to for this it's right. hard for me to imagine somebody being like oh well you know i've been trying i've been building up my saved song list on spotify for two years and it's i'm gonna switch like, oh, over now yeah let me switch over and, and have to do that all over yeah. again and pay ten dollars a month it's the same thing with apple once you get an iphone and you've been buying all the apps yeah. all the apps like, i i can't leave i have hundreds of dollars invested in this hundreds area. Listen. God damn. You know what? I might actually have like a hundred bucks invested in apps. No, but you, you, you understand. It's the same. It's I mean, kind I've of had similar. this thing for years. I've yeah. been on it for two. Hold on. Three. If you include the S's, what is that? Five generations now. I've had it since the four. So, yeah. I mean, I could see me paying a hundred dollars over five generations. Yeah. In apps. Yeah. The the only thing that is sort of a bummer for, I mean, metal and any of those, like, more um, niche, like, I don't know, a little bit in the shadows genres of music is, no matter what, bands aren't going to get fucking paid well. No. Like, the only way that bands, as far as I have seen, get money is by fucking touring their ass off and selling shitloads of merch. Yeah. And that's normally only if they're the headlining band. Otherwise, if they cut even, then that's makes it worth it. Um, or the vinyl slash limited release items. Right. Like, no matter what we do in terms of digital music, um, CDs, like the whole concept of having those bonus tracks 
was to try to incentivize people buying CDs in like the early 2000s because they had those specific tracks over in Japan. So I'm going to fucking ruined. I'm going to use this as a segue into something that I actually wanted to say in the last episode of the podcast. Yeah. And in editing, I, I heard myself try to get it out, but then the conversation went a different way. Is I fucking hate bonus tracks so much. Mm-hmm. Um, because. <laughs> but you love them. No, because they're really not bonus tracks. Like, if you actually really sit down and you think about, like, bonus tracks, they really aren't bonus tracks. They're like, here's an extra song on this, like... The limited version. Yeah, the limited version of the album that's going to cost you, like, $4 more for it. But it's really just, like, a song that they're... It's not a bonus for you. It's a with, it's it's a withholding for the average yeah. Joe guy who right. who seriously can't afford to pay the extra money for the track. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, it's cool for the artist to get paid, but that's bullshit. And then the other thing is, is you think about releases where there are no limited releases and there's a bonus track and you're like, who are you fooling? Yeah. Which is almost every single album I've, I've seen like over the past, like five, 10 years now has a bonus track on it. And it's just the normal sort of pressing of the album. There's nothing special. Right. I mean, but sometimes there's like a DVD thing or like some, I That's guess it's true. the same case, yeah. Though, right? Like you're still withholding. It's the incentive. Well, you know what I will say is I'm a little I in my mind I don't know maybe I'm being a hypocrite, but I actually can kind of see like a DVD being something I might pay extra for because not everybody might might care about seeing like the album get made, right? You know, but everybody's probably gonna care about listening to the song, right? Um, so yeah. I mean, that's my piece. And the other thing I'll say is that King Diamond refuses to do bonus tracks. Yeah! yeah. I've been talking shit about King Diamond on accident for like three episodes. I just want to <laughs> you know, say I, a very I, I, guy who loves King I Diamond the most. I was going to bring it up. Yeah. I was like, we have to bring him up every episode. Yeah. Everyone. Uh, every single episode. So this is just the fourth one. I don't know how much longer I can keep bringing it back. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. King Diamond uh, actually had albums. I don't remember which ones not released in Japan because he refused to do a bonus track. And he was like, then fuck it. Like it either gets released this way or it doesn't get released because um, it's not fair for the rest of the world not to be able to have the same songs. Right. right. Like, and I remember hearing him in an interview say, uh, all my fans are like, are equal they're all important to me so to treat one country like as more important than another country doesn't make sense going back to what Corey was saying about the whole selling merchandise and like limited releases of cds uh-huh. i just think meeting some of the artists after a show and just thanking them because you know that when you have that opportunity to say hi thank you it they are truly humble people because they're out there busting their ass for shit money unless they're like super famous you know mm-hmm. and so like i i remember doing it i had 20 bucks in my pocket it's either i'm gonna go home and get a, you know a bite to eat for myself or buy a shirt that i didn't really want but it's just, i just mm-hmm. gave them the money right and they're like don't you want anything i'm like i don't want anything just take it <laughs> right this reminds me uh can you tell that story of um of you meeting daylight dies. I was just about to actually say that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is C-section coming at you. Um, or a sea dog. Or a sea dog. Oh, that's fair. Um, used to work over at a CD store. Was metal manager. Um, knew some labels. 
and managed to awesomely um and thank you for this i believe it was candlelight records much appreciated um got me tickets for free to go and see candle mass open or uh with openers daylight dies like they just released dismantling devotion at that point which is fucking Fucking amazing album so good um and i mean the entire show was awesome i didn't really know too much about candle mass at that point in time which i'm a little bit embarrassed about now because they're fucking awesome um and (laughs) something i figured out later in time but um yeah i i felt a little bit guilty just because i wanted to really support daylight dies um even though like reviews were fucking awesome they weren't really getting um a big push that they deserved um and i just wanted to like show my support so i just went over and over to the merch table and was like hey here's a like 20 bucks like i got into the show for free like just do with it whatever you guys like um like if you want to give me something small or whatever and then that's fine but i don't want anything big and i think it was the vocalist just kept on being like no you're going to get a fucking t-shirt with that (laughs) (laughs) um so like i didn't want to argue with him because i mean whatever he's a fucking cool nice dude so accepted the t-shirt um i think i ended up giving it to my friend Lindsay. and on the way out um over at slim's their merch stands are right next to the the stairs that go down and so as as i was going down the stairs i reached my pocket and just grabbed some crumpled up bills and just like threw it over at daylight (laughs) dies table i'm like thanks guys and fucking bolted (laughs) bam and, uh, I mean, yeah, hopefully they fucking treat themselves to a beer, fucking yeah. a gallon of gas. <laughs> gallon of beer. Yeah. Run on a fucking gallon of beer, you know? Hey. Oh. Hey. 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 <laughs> I'm wearing a Frank Zappa shirt, so no this way. might happen throughout the podcast. No way. Gallon. And I might end up doing, ooh, yeah. Oh, he's got that Macho Man Randy Savage shirt on over there. <laughs> How do you do Cynic? You know? Cynic? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that you do do Cynic. That no, you have stupid. to do Paul. <laughs> do you get it? I'm being so. No shit. No way. Is it April Fool's? It is April Fool's Day, actually, isn't it? Somebody pull my finger. <laughs> oh, I'm. <laughs> Tony Danza, that ain't my finger, baby. I know how to do Cynic. I'm living really? in the eye of the biggest fear. <laughs> yes. Let's all just do some yoga and relax. Yeah. Half moon, everyone. We actually did that in the Senate concert. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah that's cool. <laughs> he, and then he talked about how great it was that we did yoga. And I got to be honest, it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Because when you're working your ass off in the crowd, it's like, I just need a moment, man. Like, you guys are going crazy. I need a moment of serenity in my life. And, and Paul brings it to me. <laughs> the singer from Cynic, uh, in case. Whoever's listening doesn't know who that we is. We love you, Paul. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Paul. Oddly <laughs> enough, every time that he actually plays with uh, Death to All, they just end up vomiting on each other backstage, and that's their yoga. But it's too much too much dfd man too much dfd is that, is that deep fucking dick no downward facing dogs oh. <laughs> you know those are not mutually exclusive <laughs> um okay you know what i feel like do you want to um go ahead and do your your album to introduce yourself i think you and i were talking uh, about that's right. yeah the seminal album yeah your seminal like what what do you seminal? feel like really is the album for you to introduce <laughs> listeners to who you are 
Um, so I actually had a change of heart from originally what I told you, which oh. was, alas, it's a gothic symphonic metal album. Um, Eric Rutten from Morbid Angel, Hate Eternal, actually wrote the album, um, played guitar on it, and it fucking shreds, but it has a vocalist from Therian on it. Um, okay. And it's really well done in... I just I'm a big fan of gothic metal, but also riffs. Right. Um, so kind of going along with the same lines, but also like having being able to incorporate more of that death metal influence that I'm very much fond of. Um, I'm going to have to go with my dying bride, the dreadful hours. Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, second track has blast beats. Um, there's beautiful somber moments with like. And classical component there's some really just fucking dirgy death doom in there um aaron has one of the best fucking metal vocals in my opinion um really awesome guitar leads just all over the place i would say that that album's a fucking 10 out of 10 or 6 out of 6 or yeah that's a great album you know what's um, funny is I remember I think you were here for this Matt this is just a really short story but I remember driving on the back roads cruising and listening to My Dying Bride and all of a sudden like there's like this orange glow in the distance and we drive up and there's a fucking car fire in the middle of the road oh yeah <laughs> oh I do that turn around that. Yeah, yeah 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 and like the fucking um uh, paramedics and the fire department was just showing up to try and get it but it was like the whole car was just completely fire. engulfed in flames right in the middle of this back road there wasn't a bride in there was it no however uh, well she was dying <laughs> <laughs> no but it, the funny thing about that road is i i've seen a ghostly figure of a girl in kind of a gown ah yeah yeah you know and uh Boy, I, it's a, little, it's a little different, but anyway. <laughs> this is a Cradle of Filth song. But, um, uh, yeah, that's not the... There are a lot of stories of people seeing ghosts on that road, yeah. actually. Yeah. But, you know, here's a car burning in the middle of the road for probably no reason. Yeah. Low rider. It couldn't yeah. get a little bit lower. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Until God. that moment <laughs> when it burned to the ground. <laughs> It was like, I need to get low. Get low. Get low, get low, get low. All right. Fucking sweet. Nice. Uh, so who wants to... We want to move and on to the... Just uh, for my own personal knowledge, because I haven't listened before, what are your guys's? Uh, I haven't had said mine yet, actually. Oh, Strangely yeah. enough. But I can't... I can't... I never put thought into this. Okay. Well, why don't you think about it right now real quick? <laughs> No, uh, mine was The Beginning by Merciful Fate. Ah, okay. Right? You wouldn't have thought, huh? For some reason, I was thinking Emperor or Opeth for you. Yeah, that you would think that, but I went the other way. Oof. Gotcha. Although I did say in the first episode that the only album, one of the only albums I could imagine giving a full six out of six to would be um, Prometheus, The Art of Fire and, and Demise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that fucking album. Don't we all have different... Yeah. Like, because mine's Anthems. Oh, yeah. Anthems is great. I mean, really, I would give Anthems a 6 out of 6 also. <laughs> <laughs> but 9 Equilibrium is great, too. Like you, uh, Also, 6 out of 6. <laughs> you turn the 9 upside down, you got a 6. Um, what was yours again? Uh, Night of the Storm Rider, Ice Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Weird Solid. choice, because I don't really listen to Ice Earth anymore. But they got me into like 
heavier stuff. So right. Yeah. yeah. Do you? What do you think, man? Do you well, want to do this next episode? Oh, is that? Do you want to do yours next episode? Yeah, do let's wanna... do that because I three dollar bill, y'all. I got like, dude. I got, I got, I got a, two handfuls of bands right now in my mind, and I'm like, I like them all. Got to get them all. All right. Oh, okay. Uh-uh. Maybe Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Pokemon that shit. B- Bulbasaurus. Thesaurus. Charmander! <laughs> Charmander! <laughs> I'm a hippopotamus. My rhymes are bottomless. Um, okay, yeah, so who would like to do that? Their, their, their first album? Uh, I mean, the first review. Who would like? I was gonna say, somebody want to fucking record me? Cause I ain't got nothing. Uh, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, Mine was uh, Don Hemsgard, Umbra Omega. He comes with fucking notes, like a fucking. uh, Well, cause I studied and shit. Um, with Don Heimsgard you fucking need notes yeah. well, <laughs> that shit's so yeah. out there well, phonetically th- spelled this is honestly my first time listening to them and I kind of went through all their back stuff as well and I you kind of have to do that there was an album um, Satanic Satanic Art mm-hmm. which was it's like 16 minutes it's and an it EP. just blows your fucking mind yeah. oh my god and <laughs> it's Gal- bizarre Galder's on it oh my god <laughs> and so apparently this band is which they go by DHG now too. Yeah, I guess. It sounds like a drug. They're a revolving door for like all sorts of musicians and like uh, what is it? Uh, Apollyon mm-hmm. was in the band for a while. Fenris and Fenris, yeah. Golder and there's uh, more that I didn't. I don't know, but yeah, apparently there's like a shit ton of people. Yeah. Um, it definitely took me off guard because. I was kind of expecting just straight black metal, and then I, it goes from basically taking you on like a ride with a dragon through ice capped mountains and demon filled forests, and then you land in in front of this like gothic church with chants, and there's a fog bank, and you're like. I hear a saxophone in there. <laughs> Dude, I know exactly what part you're talking about. And then and then you open the church and it's Russian dance music with mm-hmm. a carny on stage just chanting. <laughs> and it the singer sometimes reminds me if you guys have ever played the game Borderlands or mm-hmm. Borderlands I've 2. I've seen you play it. The, uh, <laughs> The psycho is just saying random stuff like, come to me, my my pasty cakes. Like, literally <laughs> sounds exactly like the singer sometimes. <laughs> and then, you know, you exit the gothic church and there's Abbott running down the hill. Fucking, Streaking. Yeah. And like... A Corpse painted cock! Moon, moonlit that should be symphony. A yeah, it should be. If not already. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of running down a mountain, it just runs down a vagina. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dina. Please continue. <laughs> so basically, it's it's a mixed bag of everything and everything. And somehow they're, they manage to connect the dots well. And, and unlike a lot of newer bands where I feel like they just sometimes just throw shit and it's just like technical for no reason, this kind of has a structure to it. And I really like it, but I also, I can't really differentiate between all the songs on the album. Like they all mm-hmm. have really interesting parts and they're all mixed up in their own way. And I'm sure if I listen to it 20 times, I could tell you the difference between the songs. But as of right now, it all kind of 
is is one, which I like. And um, so, yeah, I was definitely intrigued by this album. And I would probably give it, uh, let's say, a four out of six. Yeah. Nice. Solid rating. The, uh, um, the back history of that band is so interesting. And also that style of metal is so interesting because they were part of a few other bands from the second wave of black metal that Mm -hmm. like after one album they're just like hey fuck this shit um and a lot of those bands end up being amazing there's ulver um which is probably the most popular and prominent one yeah um arcturus probably up there as well but then one of my favorite ones is mains um like they released this album in like 2005 ish called how the world came to an end and they were like fairly avant-garde black metal but then with that album, there's like French hip hop, there's <laughs> fucking trip hop, there's industrial, there's just all over the place. And it's a phenomenal album. Um, and they, act, uh, Maine's actually just released something recently. I don't know how good it is, um, but I'm interested in it. Um, Dodd Heimsgard, though, I, I got their first album um, mm-hmm. that was just black and yep. uh, black cover with like a little bit of white sketching. It has Fenris on it. And it's just. I was not a fan of that. It was just like so stereotypical second yeah. wave, just Norwegian. Just... It is. But along with <laughs> along came satanic art, and wait, wait, all of a sudden there's wait, like. Did a, did a demon horse just run through? <laughs> <laughs> um, impaled Northern Moonforce. Um, but um, yeah, then with satanic art, they started going. And like getting that avant-garde shit out there, yeah. which paved the way for some amazing bands. Um, I also really suggest listening to um, Lux Occulta, um, the Mother and the Enemy. It's a they were a former black metal band, um, and they got two members from Decapitated, mm-hmm. um, and tore that shit up. Just a lot of savage riffery, um, and just fucking went out there. Um, they also just released like this bizarre just noise track recently. Not too into that, but yeah. All right, um, cool, wonderful. So my album was uh, Jakar Run with the Wolf, which uh, just came out. So these guys are kind of an older band that just for just can't yes. seem to like. Yeah, see, see, can't. I always thought that too. Whenever so he said they, that name, they pulled out my Jakar Noir. <laughs> there. We're gonna all smell we're, sexy right we're, now. We're going to get the feeling for okay, it. Okay, let's do it. My microphone. My present to you guys. Oh god, oh, it smells mm. wonderful. Oh right god, now. it's so so wonderful. It smells like a whorehouse. Is, it, is, it, that, is that how the the, the album panned out? That wonderful. It, no, it makes me smell like a party. <laughs> so these guys cannot fucking stay together to save their lives, and they're they're all old. they're a hot mess. They're, no, it's um okay so. Basically, from 1983 until, like, 1987, uh, all these fucking guys could do was produce demo tapes. I don't understand that. I can't figure out how that happens. How you get a four-year period and all you can do is demo tapes. Um, and then in 1988, they released their first album called X-Rated. And then they... Smell like the glove. And then, <laughs> exactly. And then they basically, like, within a year or two, just disband. And then, they, and then in 1998, they get back together and they do like one album, maybe a couple more albums. I um, think that they might have done uh, another one in 99. Uh-uh. And then um, 
skip ahead to 2012, and then I think that they... <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's they, a leap. <laughs> then they... And, oh, oh, check this out. In 2012, what they do is they re-release X-Rated, yeah. so it's not even a new fucking album. No, is it re-released or re-recorded? Re-released. Okay. Um, you couldn't afford the money to re-record <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And then, so then they get back together again in 2013. <coughs> they release another... Go. Uh, uh, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. In 2013, they, they got rid of a singer. Uh, and anyways, so fast forward to now and they've got another new album. So I don't know. These guys are like the most non-committal fucking metal players I've ever heard of. It's like they just, they won't quit, but they keep quitting at the same time. Like, <laughs> um, so the album, um, let's get to the album now that I've explained the backstory of the band. Um, so I mean, it uh, it really feels like so. The intro track is like uh, obviously a keyboard. There's it. The production sounds like there's money in it, but I think that's where all the money kind of went. There's like <laughs> not all <laughs> <on> guitar <laughs> lessons. No, I mean, um... <laughs> terrible. Dude. No, I mean, it, it's like it's like get a get some fucking don't. You guys have been around the block for a while. Do you know anyone who plays a violin? I mean, can you can you get some people in the studio to help you out on the cheap, buy them lunch or something, and record the shit? Because I mean, I'm I'm a little tired of just cheap fucking sounding keyboard. They got on their Casio. They did some like little thing, and then like, I love it. Yeah, Let's basically, it. it sounds like whoever the keyboard player was was like, "Hey guys, I wrote this thing," and they were like, "Done." Yeah. <laughs> Don't even try to fix it up. <laughs> Just put it on there. Um, so, you know, so anyway, skip the first track. It's useless. The second track, <laughs> the second track is actually the best track on the entire album. Um, and I mean that both in a good way and a bad way. So the second track is actually pretty decent, especially if you like uh, early Blind Guardian. It sounds exactly like a Blind Guardian song from like one of the first two or three Blind Guardian albums exactly like a exactly like if you if that was released as a bonus track <laughs> and, and Hansi was like we wrote this song but we never recorded it i would have been like that's great you guys should have totally put that on the album it's a good song um and like i say it sounds exactly like blind guardian uh, although the singer kind of sounds a little bit like um like barlow from ice earth to me a tad bit he he doesn't when he goes sound to the like high it. notes yes yeah but but, but he's it's it's like he it's his style really wants style. to be Barlow but he just can't well his voice isn't deep enough yeah um, but when he goes up to the high notes it, it sounds so much like Barlow um, the rest of the album it's so fucking like disjointed this album was really difficult to listen to because I felt like I could not get into a groove with it like if every song was like the second song I at least could have been like this was a really solid Blind Guardian like kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean uh, but you know, um, <laughs> this guy weird. I mean, you make me uncomfortable. This is fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know. I think you tortured the baby long enough. Why don't you just like tell <laughs> well, us? Well, look. Like, then, then it then it goes on to like, um, like uh, like a drinking song style thing. But it sounds like um, Celtic. <clears throat> but these guys are not a Celtic band. They're like a. Um, don't remember the exact so nation, California. but they're like from Belgium or like some sort of Germanic style country. So it's really fucking weird. And they have like all this like, it's like a grab bag album and you can't figure out where the fuck you are. 
like it it's it's like a journey that <laughs> where where you're like who knows what the fuck is next you know like um so that sounds I, exciting actually yeah it comes back that <laughs> It sounds like the third season of The Walking Dead. You just want to fucking skip it and move on to the story. <laughs> this album was not fun to listen to. You look defeated I know. right now. He's like, but I really tried, guys. Check, check this out. Check this out. With everything that I've said about the album, three out of six. It's a, it's a solid D, It's a solid average listen album. Me, personally, I don't listen to three out of sixes. But if you're Whoa. okay... No, I'm just saying... I mean, I did for this. I rolled it over here. I, seriously, I tried to listen to this album. I had to listen to it in pieces for like a week to try and get through this fucking thing. I can relate. What the fuck is a one to you then? Jesus Christ. <laughs> a one? Well, here's the thing is it's in time. Six feet under. <laughs> it's in time. It's well produced. Nobody's hitting any bad notes. There's no sour notes, you know. The songs, <clears throat> while not interesting... Um. <laughs> wow. uh, okay, I'm. I don't know how to. I'm just being fucking honest. The songs are not interesting, but backhanded compliments. No, but check it out. The songs are not interesting, but they also aren't sh- shitty. It's like if you turned on the radio, it's middle of the road. You know, it, you know what it almost is. It's almost like a time capsule. Nineteen <laughs> eighty. No, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a nineteen eighties time capsule, except they're trying to update themselves with like Celtic style stuff, but they aren't Celtic, and it just it's totally weird. Um, but yeah, three three out of six. I mean, if you're a fan of the band, then you probably already have it. And if you're wondering whether you should get it. Um, just listen to the second track on the album. It's the only good one. How many are fans from the 80s? That, um, that haven't passed away yet? I know, right? I'm, I'm kind of just wondering, like, how much more should I say? Because every time I open my mouth, everybody laughs at how brutal the shit I'm saying is. You know, if, uh, if you like the sound of, uh, you this know, is, Blank is... Guardian queefing in your ear, then, uh, you should give it a try. But, you know, if you like listening to something that isn't horse shit, then, uh, suggest anything else ever mind you this is coming from a guy who we're in a record store and he goes the guy walks up to me and goes nice band he goes that band sucks (laughs) yeah remember that dude i do remember that but okay can i correct you a little bit yeah this was actually this was in (laughs) this is the guitar center Oh, was it? Yeah. The guy was like, oh, yeah, that's a nice band. And I was like, oh, what do you listen to? And I don't even remember what he said. But yeah, I remember being like, that band sucks. And him just being like, I don't know what you to like, say You like, you killed his dream. Yeah. Like, that was his Jesus, and you just killed it. Uh, that was in my black metal days. I like to listen to the demo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Hersey. Bye, Hersey. I gotta remember that. I don't ever do that. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> okay, yeah, so... <clears throat> yeah, I was kind of a dick when I was like... What was I, 15 or something? Kind of a dick yeah. then. What about now? <laughs> obviously much? nothing has changed. <laughs> I'm, I'm very nice in Kick a band while it's down. <laughs> yeah, and they keep getting back They're up, They're making man. money. In all seriousness, I was listening to it, and I was like, there was a song that they put out on the 1998 album that they did. Um, I was listening to that uh, earlier today just to try and get more of a feel. And I was like, this was, it was literally the same kind of stuff we were doing, like when when we had written like our first couple songs. It was, oh, like, yeah? it sounds exactly the same. <laughs> I was, no, 14 I, years later, guys, good job. Yeah. No, I was, no, I was listening to it and I was like, 
this is kind of bullshit because if this is how easy it is to get a record deal, we could have hella had a record deal yeah. already. Which is another backhanded compliment. It's basically <laughs> <laughs> and like like we were like four five four four or less years into our instruments. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew that Tony sounds... Danza was such a fucking asshole? You know. Yeah, it sounds exactly the same. Well, I'm the boss. <laughs> oh God. Well. Anyways, so that's Drakkar, Run with the wolf. I would recommend running with a different animal. <laughs> <laughs> running away as far as possible. Yes. Oh god. Okay, but that's my review. And did you? I haven't gone yet. Okay. Did you have one to go? What? Did you have a review to do? Yeah, Agalock. Please. Okay. Yeah. This is so... so. So I mine was uh, Agalock, Agalock, the Serpent and the Sphere. I believe. I believe. I believe, I believe so. Um, uh, this will be fairly short because I did not take notes like a good schoolboy. <laughs> but anyway, um. I I actually really enjoyed the record. Me too, dude. Um, it the the previous one, which was like Marrow of the Spirit or something. I tried listening to that, and that record was like, we're gonna try to be Agalock, but we're gonna force everything we can into a song. It was just so overwhelming, and never connected with it. It was and also we, really poorly produced. Right, and which is funny because their first record. Was like way, and that, I think that's when they switched record companies too. The mantle, they, right? They, 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 no, no, no. The the, the last record. Oh, the, I'm sorry. The previous, the, yeah. the spirit. They got a new record deal. Yeah. So I can't remember with who. I, it's either Southern Lore. I think it's Southern Lord and Fairly or Profound Lore. One of the two. I, it, I yeah, it, but it, it was our first time with a new label so, and the new drummer. Right, yeah, exactly. So, um, so with I mean. Listening to that record, I was like, wow, the, their first one, Pale Fork. Pale, Pale Fork. Yeah. Oh, God. I said I'm like, that record was so much better than than that one. But anyway, this is about the Serpent in the Sphere. Um, when I first listened to it, I was like, I was kind of expecting like heavy metal right off, you know, destroyed guitars, you know, like bones clicking. But it was just a nice, subtle introduction. It felt like they made it the record just for me because I haven't listened to Agalock in years. And then all of a sudden I get reintroduced and it's this record is like they just left off of uh, the mantle for me. I mean it's the the record is just perfect. It's it's got it's got emotion, it it's it's well it's well produced and I understand the way Agalock does it is they kinda want raw, like we, we don't want it to be super fancy because that gets takes away our, our their sound. But sometimes I, I listen to things and even on my awesome stereo on my truck, like when I listen to some bands you can hear subtleties, which you sometimes you can't pick up in headphones or anything, but with with uh, Agalock, I sometimes wish they would just go that extra mile in production, just to get like those little little squeaks that they get on their acoustic guitars when you know. Wah, 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 wah. You know, I gotta be honest. I don't know if they have the money to do it. I, I on, I've always felt like they didn't have enough money to do it. On <clears throat> like what's the name? Ashes Against the Grain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when they first. I thought they first threw money into a record 
but with that, I think they thought it was too polished. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely part of like their blackened identity. Right. Um, and one of the things that like really is one of the few things that actually keeps them involved in that like Cascadian black metal scene a bit because realistically they kind of have more in common with like primordial and like I don't know a lot of the more melodic bands mm -hmm. um, rather than just the yeah so yeah I mean the, the record the record has everything I want want in Agaloc the second third song um, hold on one second let me just see if I can find it so while you look for that, I'm just going to say that um, I loved this album when it came out. And when we started talking about <clears throat> doing it for this podcast, I was very happy that I got to have an excuse to go back and listen to it because I had like forgotten all about it. Oh, yeah. And it was very nice to go back and, and re-listen. So the Astral Dialogue was the song that truly got me into the, into the record. It's, it's got really a really catchy melody that... Like, I'd, I'd be at work and I'm humming it. I'm like, wow, this record did put a, you know, impact, impacted me much more than I thought. But yeah, the other tracks that probably stand out are uh, Celestial Effigy. and Oh yeah, uh, that one was one of my favorites. Yeah. And uh, like, I think it's Plateau of Ages. Also one of my favorites. But yeah, it's, it's, it's nice because it starts with, and it has acoustic guitar. Like I said, it has everything. For me, it's a five out of six. I had a little bit of a different take on it. Holy shit. I, I don't know. Turn an uh, on us? A little I mean, bit. Uh, like, Tony I don't Danza? know. Some, some of it sounded derivative. <laughs> They're hitting each other. Holy shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> now you apologize. It's the most brutal thing ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some of it sounded a little bit derivative to me. And I, I liked it, but I felt like it didn't take chances. And Plateau of Ages, to me... I listened to that a couple times on just like random and it came up and I was like, I felt like someone put an app together and said, this is Agaloc's formula. Let's make a song out of this. And it was just like everything they've done ever. Right. And I was just like, like, it's agreeable, but I feel like I've heard it before. Did you listen to the previous record though? <clears throat> a little bit. Not much. I can't really remember it too much. Okay. Um, and then... I felt like some of the guitars were really constrained. Like I wanted them to like let loose a little bit more in terms of production. Like some of it sound like it. I feel like sonically it should be in like a plane and not in a, like a canyon. Right, I felt the same. <laughs> it was way. just like I was like when they were doing some of the acoustics or some of the just like light arpeggiation on guitar. It's just like it's not like dancing out there like I feel like it should. I agree. I do agree. But unfortunately, Agalog probably likes their their sound. Newer produced sound. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I actually haven't heard that album or the last album. Um, but one thing I just found really interesting about that band is that they picked up Aesop, who um, I know from Ludacra and fucking love Ludacra. They're one of my, they were one of my favorite bands and it's a shame that things went the way that they did. Um, right. They're not together right now. But you could tell, even though like Ludacra and um, and uh, Agaloc, even though it's fairly similar-ish in terms of music, 
in Ludacre, Aesop was a very punk style drummer. Like right. you could totally hear that crust punk and like that, just the skank beat influence. Mm-hmm. And that is not at all what I think of when I think of um, Agalock. Um, and so honestly, I'm like really looking forward to listening to this album now after your guys' reviews and just seeing kind of his uh, multitude of styles. I Yeah, and I knew that the, it was a different drummer from what I was used to on the earlier records. And we often make fun of like, that's what the double bass sounds like. But yeah, um, the first drummer is really not that great. I thought I thought the the drums were very well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, they everything everything for me just meshed well. I just wish that they would go outside of the production, you know, the the confinement a little bit more, and like Dino said, get get some of those instruments to dance off in the distance, but not with wolves. You want to no. run from the wolves? No, but you know what? <laughs> they should bring back maybe a wolf skull to beat. Next or something. Oh yeah, the cracker, <laughs> cracker. Oh man, I really want to. Yeah, I really want to listen to. Um, she painted fire across the sky now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I didn't listen to that or, already. Or what embers dressed the sky? I think is another one. Or that that's my favorite song. It's a really good one. Yeah. That their first album. I keep wanting to say the mantle is the second one. Um, Pale folklore. That's like my favorite one that they do. I love that. I, in fact, I kind of just wish that Agalock would just re-record it from start to finish. I, 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 I'm with you on that, dude. I would pay. I would pay good money for a re-recording with like the new drummer and actually he's been in there for a while now. But the last um, two albums, yeah. I pay. I pay good money for that. I think before he officially joined, I think he was doing tours with them too, because I think I remember. I remember that that asshole that worked in Bananas. He did. Wait, did he did he work at Bananas at large? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> um, um, but he did get aboard the banana boat. What are you saying to me right now? <laughs> you gotta get out of the banana, banana hammock. hammock. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, he did tour with them because that was part of a ludicrous frustration is that they weren't doing anything because um, Aesop was doing that for a little while. Oh. And Ross okay. was doing wolves. Yeah, I think I would. I'm not sure I'd give it a 5, but like a 4.5 to like maybe a 4.75 or something. I'd definitely give it a high rating. It's a good album. Mm-hmm. I think I would give, with all of its flaws, just on an emotional basis, I'd give um, Pale Folklore a 5 out of 6, though. I think if it had better production and the drums didn't sound like ass, then I'd probably give right. it a 6 out of 6. It's really amazing. Yeah. 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 Right. I think you're next, uh, C. Dell. The thank you, um, fucking Napalm Death. Um, yeah. I just uh actually picked this album up um last week, and um, drove up in really shitty traffic in between listening to that, Primordial, The Gathering Wilderness, and fucking George Carlin CD. <laughs> yes. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Um, which I should probably use as my uh album to introduce myself as fucking that George Carlin stand-up. That'd be awesome. Oh, God. You could have. Um, <laughs> it's all metal, man. Yeah. Right. George Carlin's metal. the most metal man there in their life. That's very true. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, just to do a brief summary, um, and then I'll get into some of the specs. Um, it's a very interesting album. Um, 
I mean, recently, ever since uh, Enemy of the Music Business, Napalm Death has been a band of just inches in terms of tweaking their style a little bit. And it's been a fucking great style. Um, Time Waits for No Slave is a fucking amazing album. Um, and then um, Utilitarian is a fucking fantastic album as well. Um, but what they went, that increment that changed at that point was a slight bit more experimental. Um, Barney started using more um, like talking vocals slash chanting. And um, they also had a really wicked saxophone solo in um, one of the songs too. And just like also like trying to play with like very slow to very fast and like um, juxtaposing those in the same song. Um, the one thing I am not particularly fond of on this album is the production quality went down a little bit and, um, the, there's not as many guitar riffs that like really stick with me as much as Time Waits for No Slave. Um, there's just a few songs on that album, like Downbeat Click, Title Track, um, that just really fucking hammered those home and you're just like, ah! Um, but nonetheless, it's still a great fucking album. I wish I had. Re- oh, I do have a recording of that now. <laughs> what? Oh, I would love to put that on, on my soundboard that I'm developing. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, How do you feel about this album? Uh, oh, yeah. Fuck my skull. <laughs> but not there. Mm. I guess um, you could do it there if you want to. <laughs> if you if you want you know if you want Herbert the pervert, you know who to call. <laughs> well, this is super inside Probably. joke. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, get it? I'm inside. not invited. Inside your buttocks. Um, okay, but so some of the more experimental things that came out with this album. Um, the first track is um, like it starts off in a way that I would almost imagine. Um, uh, Fuck, uh, Triptychon, almost. Like, there's some, like, weird chanty but militant-style vocals. Um, but then it goes into, like, an industrial route that the production with that is just fucking amazing. Like, um, comes in with, like, a little tom, just, like, a b- very basic um, military-style rhythm. Um, and then one very interesting thing is back in the 2000s, it became really popular, a la Napalm Death, um deicide vital remains and behemoth to do two vocal tracks over the same song right um like generally one of lower one of higher and it just makes it seem more manic um mitch harris the guitarist has one of the best fucking screeches i've ever heard in my fucking life um and what they do really weirdly with that song is have barney and him like go in and out so they'll be like in the same scream we'll start off just barney then I'll go into both of them and then I'll end in Mitch Harris and like, just like go back and forth over like a very militant style. And it's just like very eerie. And then they go and hit you with a one, two, fuck you. Um, two minute long song, um, smash a single digit, which has a fucking great music video. Um, and, uh, yeah, from then on, they basically continue to just punish the shit out of you. Um, great fucking workout band. Um, like very few bands kind of like push me to like that energy level that right. they do. Um, there are a couple of times that they slow it down a little bit too much. Um, it's like track five, track six. 
Um, it's just like a tad too slow, like 15, 20 beats per minute. Um, and that's just that's my own personal slow. preference. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're going up at like 220s and like, eh, mm-hmm. like it, it is, but it, yeah, I don't know. Well, um, you, you definitely feel it when that happens then. Right. Yeah. It, it's just a little bit jarring, which could be something that they're going for. Yeah. Um, but it's just something that didn't really like hit the right spot for me. Um, that being said, it ends on a fucking fantastic note. Um, there's like a rhythm at the last end of this last song and it's just like, it really like brings it home to you. Um, especially, a, I mean, the unfortunate thing is just in our society and time of like life and humanity where we're at now like we don't really listen to albums fully and it's like track one to right. track 15 and that's it it tends to for me it tends to just be like i start where i left off um but this is a great album um just in the way that they tracked it mm-hmm. so um personally i'd give it a 4.75 um like the last few albums um like last four albums i would say that there wasn't it one below a five um and so this is probably like the weakest point that being said it's still fucking napalm death is still top quality nice 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 i like it sweet okay did anyone listen to the uh what is it carrick angren album i haven't heard any of their newer stuff um negative okay why maybe for next time Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Ew. So, um, yes, corrections. So on the very first, uh, uh, or actually the second podcast that we did, um, I believe that I stated that Infernus was the one that uh, In your was, was sipping wine yeah. uh, talking about Satan, but Dina was correct in it that it was gall. Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to go ahead and apologize to my or our handful of listeners <laughs> <laughs> give gall back his fucking gall stones you know um Zane. by the way i can i so want to look up his fashion line that he has with his oh, uh, life about that. oh, oh, yeah. oh my it's God. such an interesting it. juxtaposition between the two <sighs> i'm tall brutal menacing and stoic i'm round and furry <laughs> together we will dominate the world <laughs> Pinky in the brain. <laughs> um, also, there was a decapitated song, um, and I said that it was day sixty-nine. Was this last episode, which I was not a part of? Um, was it? It was the last episode that you were a part of. I was at a wedding. Those who care. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't day sixty-nine. I loved that one, but it was actually um, spheres of madness. Is the song? Oh that, yeah. That I meant to say. Yeah. That was so I. I said the wrong song. So this is me. Both of the corrections are for me. Making mistakes. Wow. So maybe that that's awful. You know, this must be rough for you. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, I hit you today. <laughs> I hit that. Um, yeah, so anyways, I think that those are the only two corrections that need to be made. Um, but if anybody does have any other corrections or if you have any suggestions for albums for us to review or discuss or news that, that you think that we've missed talking about that you uh, find important, please write to us because um, 
your opinions are very important to us. We love you. We do love you. And um, <laughs> you can write to us at metalnewsreviews at gmail.com. Once again, metalnewsreviews at gmail.com. Metalnewsreviews at gmail.com. Hey. <laughs> By a bunch of old fucking G's.com, you know? All right. I think with that said, uh, I'm Tony Danza. I'm C-section. I'm Dino. And I'm Matt. And you've been beautiful, listener. Hello, this is Tony Danza coming at you again. I just want to go ahead and say how happy I am that we were able to go ahead and get this song for you. It's something that I've always enjoyed, as long as I've known Corey when he's played it for me. Um, So without any further ado... This is Idle Grounds of Worship with Ageless Lust Erotica. Enjoy. (laughs) 